You're listening to an episode of the Break the Cycle podcast on the SVTV network. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry I haven't been very regular in posting these. Uh, honestly, just dealing with the whole lockdown and the work situation. Uh, but no excuses. We are going to be regular from now on, in a manner of speaking. Uh, this episode was recorded uh, a while ago, uh, but I wanted to kind of uh, see if there was a way I could fix the quality. And the reason for that is my guest uh, is based out of Paris. So we recorded this over Skype. This was a very, very, very special conversation because the person I was speaking to has been quite inspirational. And the specialty of this show is that I have never met this man in person. Uh, his name is Gautam Ketrapal, and Gautam's got a brilliant resume. He's worked for Mind Valley. He's worked very closely with Vishen Lakhiani, someone who I consider uh, right up there when it comes to uh, personal development as a whole. Uh, but the beauty of what Gautam does is that he went out to create the Disneyland of personal development. Now, that name in and of itself is just very, very intriguing. And this event is called Life Plugin. Uh, be sure to check them out on Instagram. It's it's amazing. I haven't gone around. Uh, I haven't gotten around to going for one. Uh, I was hoping to make it this year, but let's see. This conversation was eye-opening because right after speaking to Gotham and understanding his journey and his views on on personal development and and what break the cycle means to him uh, it really made me go wow I have a lot of work to do <laughs> and really kind of focus on my understanding of it so I hope it does the same for you I hope you enjoyed the episode. Uh, do let me know what you think. Once again, I'm sorry for the quality. Once the lockdown gets over, we'll be able to fix that. But for now, all the shows are going to be like this. Um, and yeah, do share your feedback. See you soon. I wanted to kind of take a moment and thank you for coming again. Um, but I'm really kind of interested in, in how you kind of started the journey of life plugin. And even your own personal journey. Okay. So, well, uh, I started Life Plugin. The business started in 2017, just so that you get the timeline. Right. It's 2020. Uh-huh. So it started three years ago. And uh, three years before that, in 2014, in August, I was sitting in a hall with Vision. And he was yeah. guiding us through this, uh, this exercise called the three most important questions. If you follow Mind Valley, I'm sure you've done it. And it's, yeah. it's a very short term exercise. And, uh, you know, by this time in 2014, I had spent uh, about five, six years dabbling with personal growth in my own uh, life. But just personally, just for myself, never teaching it outwards was never there in a professional capacity. But I was mm-hmm. deeply immersed into it. And uh, think, I think I believe that we teach the things that we needed to learn the most. So that was it for me, like to to immerse myself in these in these principles. And I, they were really fulfilling to me. And so in 2014, when I was going through that exercise, the, the last thing, the last segment that I had to answer was like, how do you want to add value to the world? Like, how do you want to, what is your contribution? How does that look like? And it's, that exercise is by design for a very short period of time. And it's, it's that so, so that 
your conscious mind gets out of the way and you're just literally downloading information out of you. So it's by design a very short, like a time scarce activity. So by the end of it, I was like super fast, just in the flow. And the last thing that I wrote, this is in 2014 and they have an image on their uh, vision wall to this day. And the last thing that I wrote was build the Disneyland of learning and education. I had no idea what it was. I had no idea what it looked like. I knew certain things. I think things were bubbling in me at that time. And, uh-huh. you know, hindsight vision is always twenty twenty, So it all makes sense to me now. But back then I said, ah, okay, that's cool. It's important to me. And the, 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 the sense of play, enjoyment, celebration, uh, rebelliousness is something that, I've, that is home to me for as long as I remember. So that element mm-hmm. of Disneyland or making things uh, intrinsically motiv- motivating, fun and exciting and transformation at the same time has always been there with me for as long as I can remember. So I don't know where that happened, but that connection happened in 2014. And it took me three years to develop that courage. And I was in the professional personal growth industry, learning from some of the most incredible teachers in the transformation industry, Vision, mm-hmm. Eric Edmeets, uh, Robin Sharma, Lisa Nichols, well, you name it, it was there. If I have to brag about them, there's a long list, right? And right. it's been truly a pleasure to learn from them. And what I had realized that Externally, my, my external reality started to shift a lot. If you go back into, go, go, go down the rabbit hole and if you see my life between 2014, 2015, 2016, there's a dramatic difference. It, it, I, right. I left that paper trail online. So you can see my, the more I was working on my internal reality, my external reality was shifting. And at the same time, I was able to add value to people around me with the same things that I was learning because I genuinely right. care about my, my friends, Friendship is the number one core value that I have personally. So I'm always surrounded with like really close connections, beautiful, meaningful friendships. So we're always adding value to each other. So that ecosystem was growing informally. In 2017, I I decided to put myself out there. And mm-hmm. uh, I was living in Malaysia at the time. And mm-hmm. I would come back to India. And one of the things I would miss was I, I was working in Mind Valley. I was in the senior leadership having a time of my life. I was working one-on-one with Vision, managing a $20 million business there. I was having an amazing time. I wasn't looking right. for, for starting this business. It was just like a passion project. I literally went on Facebook Live, my first ever Facebook Live. So what that meant at the time was I was shaking while holding mm-hmm. that camera because it goes like three, two, one, and it says like, you're live. And then suddenly you're in front of like 3,000 people in my head. I was like, whoa, this is interesting and i just put my yeah. put put my truth out there really like i i wasn't sure how it will be received and i put myself out there saying hey i come to india there's the thing that i miss the most is the fact that i don't get to enjoy have the same conversation that i truly am passionate about around principles around personal transformation and i have to come to india twice a year for my parents i might as well make something fun around it so i'm coming around diwali how about we we gather like a 30 people gra- gathering that's how much i thought like if anybody's right. interested, let me know. And funny thing is like, I, I posted that video and then I was glued to my phone like a little girl looking at looking for validation on, on, the, on that video. Like, okay, <laughs> what's gonna happen? And then there, there's like, first five, 10 minutes, there's like no engagement. And I was socially still cool at that time, I was aware. And then this was like horrible. I said, this is not uh-huh. good. And then I said, maybe I should delete it. Ah, I shouldn't have done it. Nobody likes it. What the fuck are you doing, Gotham? And then, I'm beating myself up. 
And then 15 minutes into it, like someone posted saying, hey, Gotham, this is a really great idea. I'm in. And then another person commented and then another person commented. And long story short, within six hours of me posting that video, you can still find that video on my timeline. And there were like 28 people saying, hey, I'm in. And seven, six or seven people told me, you know what? I love to put this conference for you together. It's like, wow. So I ended up starting this thing. It started as a passion project. I, I didn't leave Mind Valley for like a year and three or four months even after because I, I I couldn't decide whether it's a real thing. Do I really want to jump in with both feet? But every step along, it just kept on getting bigger and bigger and stronger and stronger. And there was a point where I realized that if I don't do this now, even though it's very close to uh, Mind Valley is like my home to me, my second home. And like if I if I don't follow this, if I don't follow my own unique expression, then uh, it, it just felt way too strong than my my comfort and my sense of safety and enjoyment with mind value. So that's the that's the moment I decided I'm going full time into it. And so far it's been I think building this business is the closest <laughs> I've come to experiencing spirituality in my life. It's uh it's very um it's very it inspires me every now and then. I surprise myself many times. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the only experience, one of the few experiences that I've had where I've lost the the sense of self completely. When I'm at my events, like I'm not Gotham at all. Like I I just my sense of self disappears, and I'm I'm like a living, breathing, 300 people organism, which is experiencing every dip in emotion, every every up in energy, every shift that needs to happen, and it's it's just a beautiful thing to witness. So that's the short brain fart or to your question <laughs> no i'm 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 glad you share that with me because it's a, it's a beautiful way that how you started the whole thing i'm really amazed at how it's picked up the scale of it and everything i am however yeah. going to go a little further back and ask you about what got you started into personal development mm. because for a lot of yeah. people and it's, i i I'm probably going to sound a little judgmental here. It's not the intention, but uh, it's still a relatively alien concept to a lot of people currently. And I'm speaking particularly in India, mm-hmm. um, where personal growth or personal development is still something that people just look at with like, why do you need this? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, yeah, there's multiple answers to it. So how did I get interested in it? Yeah. It's, I, I, I mentioned this before. I, I really believe that like, this was the thing that I needed to learn the most in my life. And I, I, like, I am fully aware that I'm, I'm not supposed to be here. Like I'm not, I'm, it makes me every single time I've said this from stage and it still makes me emotional that it, I'm not supposed to be here. I grew up in India. I grew up, uh, you're, you're from Noida, at least in uh, Skype, it showed that I grew up not too far yeah. away from you. My mm-hmm. first first job was like $200 a month full time, right? It's, and right now, the, the life that I'm living, the, the kind of work that I get to do, the kind of people that I get to surround myself with is every single thing is is not that I've grown so much, but it's, it's barely recognizable. I'm a different person now. Like the mm-hmm. way I look, the way I think, the way the things that I do, the people that are around me, the, the kind of people that come and support me with their whole hearts, every single thing is just mind-blowing so and mm-hmm. the biggest credit that i give is to 
uh, is to the fact that I got introduced to personal growth. And I, I believe really people are, uh, there's nobody who's not interested in personal growth. Everybody is, but uh, it's yes. just different shapes and forms. It's just personal growth is the, the newest term that, that we used to describe these things. Everybody has always been uh, pondering upon the, the purpose of life. What does, uh, what, why am I here? Like, how can I uh, feel better? How can I look better? How can I have better relationships? These questions have been there at least in my assumption, for as long as I remember. I don't know anyone who's never thought about that in their, in their entire life. So I think right. uh, maybe the vocabulary is not there or maybe it's there in different shapes and form. And the openness to the existing westernized personal growth industry may be a bit right. less in, in the people that you're observing. But I think mm -hmm. the need and the, the desire is always there. And then to me, I feel like I... I I got lucky to be at the right place at the right time to receive this information uh, in the right way. So I, when I grew up in that environment, naturally, it it was doing something to my to what I viewed as success, what I viewed as how far I can go, what I viewed mm -hmm. as uh, growing intellectually, what I viewed as growing in a relationship. It was very, very different. Right? And, and when I was engaged in relationships, when I was engaged in uh, towards my professional life or picking my career, every time there was resistance. So mm -hmm. I was... I was just questioning it and I was seeking those answers like uh, uh, with all my honesty because I knew things needed to change. I was, I had an amazing childhood. Like I don't have a, have like a huge trauma or anything. At the same time, I could find many traumas to, to address and heal. And that's something that we teach at our workshops, but I really had a great time, but I, I knew that I needed to change. I knew that something pulled me towards it. And I just had, right. I found myself at the right place at the right time. Another way of saying is that I was also born to do this. Like my, my mom is a science teacher and a Reiki healer at the same time. So she, ex she understands energy healing from, from, she explained me energy healing from a physics uh, perspective and she's a biology teacher. So she's a very, very uh, like a nice merger and she's a naturopath and all of these things I started learning when I was 13 or 14. My dad, on the other hand, is a philosopher. He's written two books on life philosophy. I grew up since I was three or four since as long as I remember, just listening to these uh, poetries and, and the purpose of life question pondering over and over again. And we had our own challenges, right? I grew, it was a middle-class family, still the middle-class family there. And my, my brother is an artist, my sister is, a, is running a PR agency, so I'm like a combination of all of those things together. So, uh, so in a way, it's, uh, it, it, I was just at the right place at the right time. And mm -hmm. I was genuinely seeking answers to this. There were like certain moments that pushed me really far. One of them was my breakup, the first ever breakup. I think it's for everyone. When you, when yeah. I thought, oh, I really need to make some changes. Like I really need to ch change some things. And even then, if I reflect on it now, a lot of those things were coming from a place of ego. I got to prove a point back. I got to do this or that. And I think that's why ego is incredibly important. Right now, I would not take any more actions coming from that place. But had that not happened nine, like 12 years ago, 13 years ago, I wouldn't mm. be where I am. Because at that time, the biggest force that I, was, that I needed was that anger, was that, that small-minded uh, intention to, to prove a point. And I think all those forces combined, like me feeling insecure, me feeling uh, not good in myself, me feeling things needed to change, and then externally me feeling I needed to prove a point. And I grew up in Delhi, so I was arrogant for no reason. So like all of those things put together was uh, like, it just was a, was a 
ball of fire that did, when the door <laughs> of personal growth opened in front of me, it hit me hard. And right. I think part of it was was luck because I stumbled upon Tony Robbins back then. So he's a pretty legit uh, teacher to to learn from at that time. And uh-huh. then I, I stumbled upon some documentaries and my mom introduced me to subconscious programming when I was 19 or 20. And mm-hmm. like I did, and then I did some art of living. So I was always in this zone. I didn't know uh, what to call it. I didn't. I didn't have a vocabulary for it, and uh, encompass all of that in the umbrella of personal growth. And I was like, ah, this is cool. I would sometimes call it uh, motivation. Sometimes I would call it leadership. Sometimes I would call it positive mindset. And then yeah. there was this woo-woo term of law of attraction. All of those things that I didn't know. All of that could come under the umbrella of personal growth. And right. slowly and slowly, I think I, I found I met Vision in 2012, and you know things happened from that moment. Right. It's interesting that you brought up Vision because uh, the second you mentioned, I mean, while you were about to mention him, uh, my brain just said, it's like engineering your entire experience uh, through life. And that's the that's the bit that I wanted to talk to you about. Like, this is going to sound like a super jargon term, but I think that's the vocabulary that a lot of people use. It is of an optimal human experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you mean by an optimal human experience? Like, what right. what defines what's a human experience? What's an optimal human experience? How would you kind of uh, explain that? That's a good question. So I've heard this a lot, also from from Vision, like the optimal human performance. And I can there's two ways to answer that question. First is like, what does optimal human performance means? Like, <laughs> what could it mean? Uh, in a, in the domain of, of of body, in the domain of mindfulness, in the di- domain of my cognitive ability, in the domain of right. my leadership, my my mm-hmm. my external KPIs that I can measure. But when mm-hmm. you ask me this question, the thing that comes to my mind uh, most strongly is, I, instead of saying optimal human experience, I I often ask myself this question: How do I align myself align myself to the higher self? Mm-hmm. And that's a question. Uh, that I believe is worth asking for myself. This is the question I keep on pondering. And what is my higher self? And okay, let's look at it from this perspective. And I'm every single person when they're born, and if you go deeply spiritual, every person, every soul is completely, they're whole, right? They're, they're born yeah. in this world in believing that they're limitless. And you know, this concept of uh, you adopt rules, how vision explains it, or this is the domain of subconscious programming. But something happens uh, often early on where, which mm-hmm. we call quote-unquote traumas, uh, we experience and we realize, ah, it's not safe to be as I was. We, I need to develop a mask. I'm unsafe like that. I need to develop a mask. I need to develop some shields here so I can be more accepted in the world that I'm living. Right. So right. We, we come in this world as a higher self and things happen to us, which which is the creation of the ego or the sub, the bad subconscious programs that we adopt or how vision calls it the bullshit rules that we take from society or the culture scape or so many other vocabulary that is out there the point is like we come as a higher selves and this thing needs to happen it's kind of like a hero's journey it needs to happen if it doesn't then like the journey is incomplete so that dip happens and there's a separation that's the that's the beginning of the ego in my case that was uh, the biggest quote unquote traumas was uh, I experienced certain things early on in my age where I felt like it's not safe to be myself. Every time I'm in a, uh, in a, when I perceive I'm in comparison with someone I've already lost in my head. These no, 
drastic like childhood abuse i didn't go through any of that but like through well intentioned loving family members i experienced certain certain of those things and mm-hmm. in those moments i felt and and every time uh, like even uh, 10 years later when i would be in an experience where i feel uh, a comparison right and my my girlfriend at the time is seeing another guy just as a friend i would feel a comparison i would make a deeply insecure or if i'm in a job interview or if in a, a potential some competition interview and i feel like there's a comparison in my head i'm already losing right so like this 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 kind of haunted me for a really really long time so now when i th- and there's many experiences where i felt absolutely remarkably expanded like limitless and in those moments i was just witnessing things going through me kind of like the experience that i mentioned about life plugging that to me is is when we when we work on ourselves and we optimize our vessel so that we can align ourselves with the highest self that's mm-hmm. the game to me how does that work to me i'm in the realm of subconscious programming i teach this the most so right. how does that work is identify what those separations are what early on uh, traumas that happen that we kind of put 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 in the back side you know we we don't want to look at them and then the next thing that i think of is how can i shed light on my darkness because right. when we don't when when there's things that happen in our past and i i used to lock them in the back right and they they're still there they're still there but i never look at them and there's this my whole background is just completely dark right and i'm just looking right. the light is in front and i'm always trying to put my focus on the external reality and never looking at the internal reality and the thing is there but it keeps on getting bigger and bigger and darker so i keep on getting more and more afraid and i actually don't address it right that's right. the thing that holds me back from performing at an optimal level whatever that might mean right i'm not aligned with my higher self so what i would i think about is how can i shed light on that darkness because if i put light on the darkness what ends up happening is that ah that thing is still there in the background i can see it but it's not as big as i thought it was and mm-hmm. then the and then the most beautiful part man of this is that when you put light on that darkness and when you can own that mm-hmm. that's the unique specific gift that is only given to us right mm-hmm. my traumas are unique to me and i'm so grateful that it it wasn't given to the guy i was getting compared with right mm-hmm. my 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 biggest dark pain points were given to me uniquely right if i if right. i and this insecurity is a gift this not enoughness is is actually a gift the greatest most successful people in the world at least the ones i've met and i've met some really incredibly successful people they're not successful despite their their darkness they're specifically successful because of that and that's a very important yeah. distinction and then you yeah think about this right like if if someone asked me that like what would you t- somebody asked me like what would you tell your 15 year old self right and one of these interviews right and then um i th- i thought about it for the first time and really if i could go back to that insecure uh, mask of arrogance and and, and self deprecating humor guy and just try to go up to him and say hey gotham don't don't worry don't worry this this is how your life looks like this is this is how your partner looks like this these are the kind of friends these are the kind of uh, experiences that you're having all of that if i tell that to that 15 year old kid mm-hmm. i wouldn't get fed right because right. i because i i wouldn't have that anxiety anymore so when you it's it's to remove the fear of looking inwards and putting light on our darkness right mm-hmm. and th- that's where that's where we find our unique gifts so that's another step and then how do we operate from places that are truly in alignment with ourselves what that means is to constant pursuit of who i am and it's a constant never ending game 
but we've all signed up for it whether we like it whether we like it or not right so <laughs> questions such as what are my core values what are my non negotiables and the more times you do it the more confident i uh, we get mm-hmm. all of us right with the first step i took was hugely scary for me but now mm-hmm. taking decisions or taking actions take uh, picking paths which are aligned to my core values is, is a no brainer i can mm-hmm. say i've said no to like potentially huge deals because it just i knew it wasn't aligned with core values so right mm-hmm. now getting absolutely clear that what are my core values what's in alignment what's what's not in alignment these are the questions which are interesting to me so like to op to operate from a like a human optimized performance level whichever way you want to call it is to identify what our traumas are shine shine light on the dark part understand who we are and then start seeing our biggest traumas as our biggest gifts because these are all like we're all born optimally like optimal ready to go like like the most fulfilled state is when we are born right and right. the rest of our life is just the game of unlearning that you know removing that friction that we it's kind of like you have a bike you you were born with a bike right but you didn't know how to ride a bike so you had to put training wheels on mm-hmm. you put those training wheels on and they were useful they were very very useful for you to get to where you are now but mm-hmm. in order to go faster now you have to let go of those training wheels Right. right so what are those identifying those training wheels have gratitude for it not disgust or anger that oh this is this is just my pain and there's so much shame attached to it no actually like uh, there's this really cool quote by Stephen Covey i think says that what's most personal is often the most general right so the fact that so many uh, every time someone would share their deep vulnerable stories that they would think that I, i'm the only one who's feeling that way and they would feel shame and if they end up sharing there's like if you ask that group happened every single time if you ask the group how many of you have felt that way more than half the hands go up no matter how specific the situation is right to and so to just be comfortable with that idea right so to mm-hmm. me and then this whole container the container being actions deliberate actions without actions nothing happens but these yeah. are those are lenses that i that i think about how do i how do i align myself with my higher self what does my intuition look like what is my intuition right mm-hmm. could be a super woo concept or could be just looking at okay is this aligned when i hear this does it feel aligned does it feel uh, good in my body or does it feel bad in my body and the more we do this the more we find our own unique practices our own unique expressions of the right. same thing the better it gets for us so in the beginning it's clunky chunky uh, it doesn't sound right it feels forced method <laughs> yeah by the, like so far that's all i know man i'm a i'm no expert <laughs> that's all i know <laughs> no i mean that 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 does kind of that's a good primer to start with because um i believe the first thing that a lot of people at least in my discussions what has come up is you have to be conscious about the decisions you're making and mm-hmm. not just the decisions you're making i mean ultimately it comes down to a choice if you have if something's not working for you it's not because there's some you know it's not because it's out of your control or it's out of your hands sure certain things certain things would be but then it is ultimately down to a choice yeah and i mean yes i agree with that but mm-hmm. it's easier said than done so it depends yeah. on like the unique conversation that you're having and it's mm-hmm. it's also i what i've realized now uh, is that 
not having compassion for those challenges for people is also can be sometimes super harsh right so okay. i'm trying right so like it's uh, yes it is it is a choice but like maybe they are they are in an environment where they are unable to see that as a choice right because sometimes the the culture scape is really strong look at what's happening with coronavirus right now people are yeah. losing their mind right and when yeah. once that's the culture scape now and with social media the, the the thing has become like a monster right now even mm-hmm. even if you're conscious about it you can't help but be scared by it like but being irrationally scared by it even if you are extremely conscious centered being it's touching you everywhere right so when mm-hmm. when you're in those situations some people are in those situations right it's a it's the fact that you and i have this technology that we are having this conversation meant that we've had access to books podcasts courses and we've we immersed ourselves uh, we had the privilege of immersing ourselves in this in this knowledge and wisdom right. and that's a huge privilege it's like we're mm-hmm. talking about 0.1% of the world right so I, i i cannot even relate with what the 70% of the world would would is what is life like Right. this mm-hmm. 70% is realistic right so it's it's hard so what i've learned is to have more compassion towards it and try to the answers are already within like they, what they are looking for is is a is a way to come out in a safe space like for every single person knows i think deep down i i'm sure you would relate to this deep down you already already knew the answers right mm-hmm. sometimes they were you see them reflected outside of you in a certain way that it speaks to you and it it turns that bulb on but the bulb is inside right right the electricity is also inside right so you just see that reflection say ah that makes sense now i have some vocabulary to to express it and i can remember it you brought up the point of environment and i think that's an important bit to discuss as well um i do agree with you completely about the about the fact that your environment is ultimately extremely strong right it is difficult to break out of it but then how do you for the person who probably has stumbled upon something like this and is surrounded by an environment which is which is built on fear it is built on limitation it is built on uh, the conventional the conventional definitions of your shoulds and supposed to do this and not supposed to do that mm-hmm. um how does one break out of that because even if we were to go worst case scenario they don't have the privilege that we do mm-hmm. right uh, i'm looking at extreme worst case scenario they don't have access to the books they don't have access to the podcast they they can't have a conversation like this and the awareness is well relatively low but there is that desire to get out of something like this so how mm-hmm. do you fight that how do you fight that influence off or how do you break out of that influence because again easier said than done change your environment there mm-hmm. have been uh, there have been statements that are made uh, uh, like this which which does kind of beg the question of okay how mm-hmm. that's a very good question and first i would like to address you no know, i i the environment that the current world today lives in is the best environment that has ever been there in the entire history of the planet that's what i believe right and the amount of opportunity the amount of connections the the amount of technology that we have today the kind of experiences that you can any person can literally imagine and have right now it's mm-hmm. unbelievable right so right. i don't think the environment is bad right if everything mm-hmm. is a result of everything that is happening the result is pretty damn good 
And right. now the question becomes like the people who are questioning, how do I get out of it? I, I, this is because this is so specific to every single person you can, or not you can, when I say you, I'm speaking half the time to myself, right? So <laughs> uh, you can, uh, when, when this question, it's so specific and there's 7.5 billion people. And if someone is thinking about this, the path will always be different. But what I truly believe is that when the student is ready, the teacher appears. Mm-hmm. In in the form of if you if you really are if you have in your heart there is a desire to find a solution, you will mm-hmm. find the answer. Maybe this sentence somebody needed to hear just that, right? And yeah. then in the in the world that we live in today, it's ever so connected. It's it's bombarded by marketers. So if you are trying to look for a solution, you're probably going to get targeted by a lot of ads, right? A lot yeah. of ads that are trying to first think about this. How beautiful is that? If you have a problem, there are people around the world trying to show them, hey, I have the solution. Check this out. Check that out. If there's mm-hmm. really a solution that you want, a problem that you want to solve, this is the best time that we live in. Mm-hmm. This is the, literally the best time that we live in. But to me, like the, the bigger question is, is that the idea of, of breaking the cycle or, or building a highly independent lifestyle. I don't know if you've uh, researched on, on the subjects that I've spoken about before. But mm-hmm. to me, the the ignorance of the fact that we are social animals, mm-hmm. that is one of the most dangerous things that we can do, and we are doing right now. Right? We are we are we are we 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 are moving to different places in the name of economic interest. It's normal, right? Oh, I want to build an independent lifestyle. It's so no. I I grew up in Delhi. I studied in Chandigarh. I lived in Mumbai, uh, Philippines, KL, uh, Paris, and I'm moving to Barcelona. It's normal. Like this, mm-hmm. this kind of vocab, this kind of conversation is normal. I uh, moved yeah. to so many places. I'm building my business. This is going to be my lifestyle, and we are we are moving in the name of building independent lifestyles. And we are we are now social animals living in an antisocial society where every single person is just floating around. We are social animals, but all antisocial. We all have our lives in front of our mobiles, right? That yeah. that illusion of of connections, and we are losing this essence where you know we are social animals. We are when our success doesn't is not in our independence. It mm-hmm. is in our interdependence. Right. Uh, we, we, we were born like this, and there's so many things that we've, uh, we've had all our life, which for the first time in human history, we're letting go of. Think about social media. Right? Social media, is, it's a great enabler. Not good, not bad, whatever that is. It's a beautiful enabler. It has so many beautiful things as well. But one of the dark sides of this is that in a, if you look about it evolutionarily, Human beings, Jonathan Haidt, he's a social psychologist. This comes from him. It's not just my opinion, right? And right. it comes from happiness hypothesis. He says that human beings are, once you meet the basic uh, requirement of food and shelter, we are constantly engaged in activities that are increasing our re- prestige or, or we are constantly engaged in managing our reputation. That's who we are because it, gives, it makes evolutionary sense. You know, it gives you a better choice of food, better choice of mate, good system. Right. But if, but before the advent of internet and social media, we had to go out there to be engaging in these activities. But now with the social media, it has built a culture where we are constantly obsessed with our, with our online reputation, with no real connections, right? And it's become one of the biggest causes of stress and anxiety in the modern world. I think yeah. I'm, the last gen- I'm the part of that last generation that saw the difference between no social media, no technology, no smartphones, and then technology and smartphones. So I feel blessed with that, like the renaissance of technology. Right, but right. It, it it can't even imagine like what what young people are going through right now. Like between the age of fifteen to uh, twenty one, that's that's hard because 
people wake they start their day with two hours of unpredictable social media reminding you of how things are lacking in your life in every step of the way which is not supposed to be there right and then there is think about travel i told you seven different locations that i've been at and there are a bunch of other places that i've visited i've right. lived in you know so and that's normal right now it's very mm-hmm. normal at least if someone hasn't traveled anywhere at least in india still they're traveling right it's very normal but if you think about it 50 years ago it was a poor man's choice you go back 200 years it was considered dangerous in almost all parts of the world yeah. so for millions of years until 200 years ago right you, this, this is something to think about right? right the world has become safe enough for us to explore our curiosities right when we are all global citizens but we don't belong anywhere mm-hmm. not good or bad it's just a trend and a similar trend is with religion religion used to be the original personal growth by the way it used to be the yeah. original school of philosophy right and yeah. it's to me it's also the most sellable story on the planet bought by billions of people right but we abandoned that religion saying hey no you know it's outdated it's so dogmatic there's so many ill effects religious fundamentalists all of that there's also proof yeah. in that but we abandoned it right but because a religious story is really powerful and embedded in those stories it gives us principles of a sense of community a sense of belonging a sense of health even right like my mom she's a she's a hindu and because of her faith she fasts once every week every tuesday right, right. every single week and we know that fasting is correlated with human health and longevity right yeah. and it's embedded yeah. in the, that's why every single religion in the world has has fasting embedded in its story but mm-hmm. none of my friends from india fast anymore you know because mm-hmm. they say why would i give up my food for some man in the cloud it doesn't make right. sense yeah and so you you abandon the story you abandon every single benefit that comes with it right mm-hmm. so now we are, we are in this world that we are constantly obsessed about what am i lacking right mm-hmm. we are we are like hey you like this you like that you like this you like that so buy this buy that we are living in that in that world right there's nothing wrong with the decent oh i'm missing this this is an opportunity for growth for me then mm-hmm. being obsessed by all the things that i lack and being constantly swimming in that ecosystem which is social media and online world right and then we are floating around in this uh, in this world just moving moving from our communities away all the way alone and it's a, in the name of freedom and independence Mm-hmm. and ignoring the fact that we are social animals so to me that is like if we address this this is the most fundamental source of sense of fulfillment and contribution that human beings get right like it, it's it's bizarre like how strong your social connection the influence of your social connections is 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 like if you just uh, I, are you familiar of uh, by the by the blue zone studies do you know what blue yeah. zones are yes yeah. yes yeah. yeah. So yes. so blue zones like places where people consistently live beyond the age of 100 like most number of people per capita and there's seven mm-hmm. places one is in Italy uh AFS happened there from Mine Valley uh once in is uh, Okinawa Japan one is uh, Gunakaste Costa Rica and there's Naples Florida and there's seven places in the world right. right and when scientists went to all of these places to find what's the secret of human longevity health and longevity the number one correlating factor the food is very different if you look at Japan and Italy Yeah. Italy amazingly tasty Japan way too healthy and raw right but very very different food right and then but the, when they looked at all the common patterns that the number one correlating factor with human health and longevity was not the food was not the jobs was uh, nothing number one was your sense strength of your social connections oh yeah powerful uh, sense of 
belonging and, and connections are, right? And so when you say is it, it is so difficult, when we are in that toxic environment, that is the most dangerous thing that we can do. Mm-hmm. But we'll have to be mindful. Are we calling it toxic because I've I've been in this uh, this online world where I've been reminded of how not enough I am and all the people that I genuinely care about that I can also potentially grow with together. I just want to let them be away. What what cho- what choice am I making? Is it my ego making that choice? Even if it is, as long as I'm aware, that's totally fine. I do, I mm-hmm. don't have to say no to my ego. His ego is an amazing like character to sit in the car. It just shouldn't drive the car, right? So like you have yeah. to you have to be mindful of that and then see if this is really toxic, then yeah, man, have at it. Go. It's it's never been easier to find different communities, different tribes. If if you don't have anything, come join Life Plugin Summit and you'll find a new community, right? Or join mm-hmm. join AFEST or join Mind Valley University or join like get a Zumba class or go CrossFit. These are all community driven initiatives which are yeah. really, really which have a really dramatically positive impact on your physiology and your mental agility. Right. Mm-hmm. So these are things I know for sure. Right? Or there's so many all it takes is a Google search today. Yeah. So if you are really in that toxic environment, it's not so hard. The mm-hmm. but I have compassion when people say, Oh, I'm I'm too paralyzed. It's fine. What people need to understand is that it's not just you who's paralyzed. The first, the cliche, the first step is the hardest. It, it yeah. is the hardest. That's when you have to put yourself the most vulnerable. And there will come a point where the pain of staying in the position that you are becomes way too hard, way too greater than the risk of putting yourself vulnerable. And I think everybody gets that uh, aha moment or that pop once in their life, or at least at least once in their life, and then they, then they jump. Mm-hmm. So I think that's that's part of the enjoyment of the journey because if you're spiritual beings having this human experience, that's the roller coaster ride that we come for, right? That's the ups and downs that we came for. So if we are yeah. here for that, then might as well enjoy it. <laughs> that's absolutely true. Absolutely true. Man. All right. So my second last question to you: um, If someone were to do to take that first step, general, and I know I'm generalizing here, but what would the first step, mm. uh, at least beginning, to take that road to personal change, personal development, personal transformation? Okay, three things. Uh, mm-hmm. I think again, in the container of of actions, taking deliberate actions. I don't think I'll be able to get into all of them in depth, but I will I will refer to some links to the talks mm-hmm. or some books. But first is uh, letting go of the emotional baggage that we've carried, right? Because that's right. the thing that holds us back. So when you're taking that step, look inwards and see and have compassion towards what are the, the dark things that I that I seemingly have run away from, right? Mm-hmm. What are those dark teachers in my life that have given me the gifts, my unique gifts, right? And make kind of peace with that. So that forgiveness, basically. And uh, I just recently gave a talk at Inc. about that. It's a six-minute talk, literally, on YouTube. It's called Forgiveness is Your Superpower. It's to let go of our emotional baggage. And you will be surprised how powerful this is, man. This is carrying emotional baggage. We pay a really, really heavy price for it. If uh, Dr. Bruce Lipton did the study where he found, he's an epigenetic scientist. I don't know if you know him, the guy who mm-hmm. wrote Biology of Belief. He, they, were yeah. doing, uh, they were doing this, this research and they were trying to find, uh, 
you know, the, what are the common traits and the, the role of genetics in you developing cancer? What's the, what's the predictability there? And right. what they stumbled upon is that most cancers are actually not genetic. They are, most cancers in the world are emotional. Look Whoa. at how bizarre that is. Yes, and that they're not, not genetic. And then most, they did studies across all cancer patients, across all demographic, different types of cancers around the world. And what they found <laughs> was the common link among all of them was that they all had unresolved anger, unresolved resentment, you know. And these unresolved negative emotions, stuck negative emotions, they are freaking dangerous. Like it's, it's you know, Alan Watts' philosophy. Like it's not the, yeah. the, the hatred that, that causes violence, it's the unacknowledged hatred. So the unacknowledged right. negative emotions are really, really dark and they hold you back. And they don't just manifest in your, in your struggles with your body or with your health, but also struggles with your self-esteem, struggles with the amount of money that you make, struggles with the kind of relationship that you will have. Like anytime mm-hmm. there's a repeated struggle that we're having in our life, it's a sign that there's an unacknowledged uh, emotion related to a trauma from the past or quote-unquote trauma from the past uh, that we haven't really addressed or made peace with. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's, that's one. If someone is, is willing to take that action, what they need to understand is that it's not to forgive someone that, is, uh, that has done something bad to me and because they're really fucking evil, they deserve to burn in hell. Maybe. But you're mm-hmm. going with them because your forgiveness is you've tied this chain together. And oftentimes, yeah. these are the these are our dark teachers. These are the ones that give us the most special gifts, right? Yeah. So with that with that knowledge, going back into our past and and not being afraid to to go down and addressing what are the things that I need to let go. One of yeah. the books uh, that I've it's a classic. It's called Psycho Cybernetics by Maxwell Maltz. Is the guy that made the field of subconscious programming really famous. Vision loves it. Tony Robbins also learned from him. So he wrote this book in 1960s. Phenomenal book, which also has the guide on how to change, like how all the questions that you're asking in a very well structured exercise format absolutely will change your life, right? So that, and that addresses this element of how to let go of these past traumas. One of the big, one of the main things that it addresses. It's also yeah. the basis. You once if you've done Vision's six phase meditation, you will see that the, all six phases are exactly in the book because he used to be not exactly but largely inspired by that because he was a big mentor to Vision as well, right? Mm-hmm. So it's really good book. That's the first one. Second to me is like linked because for, for, from forgiveness, the second thing is uh, gratitude. Now right. gratitude, like my challenge is that how do I pick these seemingly simple things mm-hmm. like gratitude. Oh no, again, gratitude. Yeah, I know. Please get the fuck out of here. Right. And th- those kind of conversations happen. But if you really, yeah. really think about it, right. Gratitude is a superpower. And if you, if you apply it in the right way, man, it has, it does wonders. And there's a reason for that is because like, I don't know if you study the principles of quantum physics, if, if you uh, want to understand law of attraction from really a scientific perspective, you can understand it today, right? Mm-hmm. And just gratitude, every single thing, think about it, this. every time we have a, we have a thought, uh, mm-hmm. there's a, it's, a, it's an electrical connection between our neurons, right? So every time there's right. electricity, there's electromagnetic frequency, right? There's, there's waves, there's frequency. And when we're talking about the realm of energy, the resonance frequency happens when like attracts like, right? So right. whichever yeah. energy that you're vibrating in, 
whatever your emotion your current state emotion is that's the thing you're you're getting reflected in the in this elusive game that we call life right so uh, th- when we are constantly engaged in this idea that ah i don't have that 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 i need that because i don't have that right every mm-hmm. single time we are in that energy we're getting more of things to be feeling lack for because that's the energy that we have right, right. the moment shift that into gratitude gratitude is the energy of receiving mm-hmm. right so when when you you're feeling oh my god i'm so, uh, this is just purely grateful and you can target it on different areas you want to improve in your life it could you could be for your health for your ability to speak in public and for your ability to develop strong relationships and the amount of money that you make i get these specific four examples because these four examples i've used it myself and we teach that in our subconscious programming uh program as well at life plugin summit so right. this is something really really powerful and if we have more time by the end of this uh answer i can give you a really cool example of it but gratitude yeah. is is really shifting your energy and being in the energy of receiving so the more we are in the energy of receiving the more we get opportunities around ourselves to be more grateful for to be able to receive with joy and with you know expressing gratitude that's the second right. thing so forgiveness gratitude and the last thing is to speak your truth mm-hmm. these three things are the, in the container of action if you are taking action if you're practicing forgiveness if you're practicing gratitude for where you are now no matter how shitty that position is and then speaking your truth and that's a hard one because we don't know what speaking my truth means uh, the easiest way to to start would be to to do a core values exercise go online google find how do i find my core values or get a coach if you have the if you have those resources get them get those things out with a coach like what are your unique core values they're unique to you mine are friendship growth play and achievement these are my four core values it's super clear to me right, right. and the, the choice of word every single thing is super super clear and we have uh, for life plugin as well clear on what your core values are and so that kind of gives you a compass and the ability to speak in alignment with those core values and the right. idea is to always speak your truth so if i am trying to, if i am in a toxic environment rather than fighting it if i genuinely want to grow and i have done that said guys i i feel obliged because of our history with this relationship with this group whatever that group is i can't expect i can't tell you but i feel that i need to go away from it because i'm really feeling a lack i'm feel i feel insecure i don't feel good in this ecosystem and i i don't want to give you that feeling that i'm rejecting you but i have to follow this path because this is where i need to go and i hope mm-hmm. you can understand that and this doesn't make me feel good i th- these are the things that i'm doing that i feel absolutely shitty about 3 days ago i felt this badly and i would express that without any filter i would just tell them every single thing in truth because i know they like assuming that these these people care otherwise they're not around me right so yeah. i will tell them the truth and then even if it's hurtful in the short term regardless if you're in a business meeting if you're if you're in a i've had some really hard conversations i had to reject like a huge massive massive sum that could have saved the company because just it wasn't aligned i had i used to have i i had had some really difficult conversations in my relationship that nearly broke them and but that's mm-hmm. the reason why i have the, the strong foundation of the business and the strong foundation uh thankfully of of relationship of friendships the same thing it's to be able to speak your truth especially when it's hard right, right. because oftentimes we try to oh i uh, oh it's my friend i don't want to give him that feedback you know i i, I don't want to tell him that that they 
that they did that. You know, it's a small thing. I'll forget about it. I don't want to give them that hurt. But what we are doing with that is that we are robbing them of that growth opportunity by not telling them the truth, right? Because they will grow because they will never get that feedback. So it's the, it's it's in an odd way. It's my ego to feel secure, but it's not the right thing to do. You don't mm-hmm. have to be an asshole about it, but you can when you are speaking your truth and when you're being an asshole, people can tell the difference. It's because it's in your energy. It's in your non-verbal communication. Because when you come from that place of authenticity and truthfulness, whatever that mm-hmm. is, just the sentence, just speak your truth, whatever that is. Find what your truth is and always never fear expressing your truth. Because when you're expressing your truth, you're also expressing what you truthfully want in your life. And if you keep on yeah. putting that out there, there, you will start finding people in your path that'll say, hey, you know what? I know someone there who can help you with that, right? And suddenly what didn't exist as a possibility in your mind suddenly just showed up as a big opportunity one week from now. And that has happened to me a lot of times, right? Uh So practicing forgiveness and being grateful for wherever you are now and speaking your truth. To me, if someone is starting from any box that they are starting and if they're about to take action, these three things doing uh, done consistently will develop that faith and momentum, in my opinion. It's just my one person's opinion. that momentum that maybe that people are looking for. Okay, thank you so much for that. My last question, where can these people find you and reach out to you if you're comfortable? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so if you want to work with, like work with me personally, uh, it's my website, gothamkhetrapal.com, it's my name, uh, mm-hmm. spelled out. And uh, same, if you want to work and look for transformational experiences in India or Southeast Asia, there's a website called lifeplugin.com, which is my business, which is where I spend most of my time with. Uh, GothamKitsapal.com is just for uh, consulting, keynote speaking, and workshops and stuff. And Instagram, same. Instagram handle is GothamKitsapal. And if someone really needs to find me, they'll find me outside this. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for this, Gotham. This is a beautiful conversation. Thank you, man. Thank you for having me. I hope added some some value yeah this 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 was beautiful thank you thank you so much